Well, it has happened. The coaching hire that will have major ramifications in college football in 2024 and for years to come in the sports. The big hire has finally happened, Parker Thune. That's right. Alex Grinch is the safeties coach to Wisconsin. Oh, you guys thought I was talking about Jim Harbaugh, huh? Maybe? No. Alex Grinch to Wisconsin as the safeties coach. Oh, boy. Speed D, baby. Coming to, coming to Madison, Wisconsin. Does it feel like a speed? Has it felt like a speed D program? Has it Wisconsin? No, Wisconsin seems like the opposite of everything that is and has been speed D. But hey, happy for Grinch. He gets a paycheck. He gets to move out of Los Angeles, and then he gets to go back in week four because oh my gosh, <laughs> Grinch, that's right. Grinch will face off against Muleshoe in week four in L.A. Shoot, they're in the yeah. same conference now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, goodness gracious. Muleshoe opens world. up with LSU and Vegas, which they're already a uh, underdog in that game. Utah State at home. They're at Michigan in week three, and then he gets to face his old pal uh, Alex Grinch week four at home uh, against Wisconsin. So maybe USC will start off about one and three next year. That could, that could potentially be on the table. But no, hey, hey good for Alex Grinch. I, I hope it ends up um, – hope this next stop goes better than uh, what it did or what happened there at, uh, at USC. Is the, is the hate gone, you think, from OU fans, or do you think no. it's still going to be there? No, it'll still be Text there. Text line, I guess we need your help on, on that one. Do you uh, are you kind of at all rooting for Alec? Not rooting for, but do you not hate him as much anymore that he's out of USC? And where where did he always rank on your hate list for those that left Norman to go out to LA? I'm gonna guess two or three. Either he's two or Clark Stroud is number two. No, Benny Wiley's two. Benny Wiley's two, and then uh, Grinch is maybe there in the top three. But yeah, what a uh, what a hire for Wisconsin today, Alex Grinch. The new safeties coach, Speed D, baby, is uh, going out to Madison, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin was not a very good team last year. They were in uh, year one with Luke Fickle trying to do some different offensive things. But uh, he'll, uh, he'll join that staff now. Uh, 214 says, I still hate her. <laughs> that was the first text. <laughs> 909, I mean, at least Grinch is not running the D. Uh, Mark Fermina says, down with Muleshoe. 405 just says 69. So I like it. I like that it's going to be that type of day on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I like that a lot. Uh, Junior Day is coming up this weekend, and I heard you talking with Steely earlier. Like, this is the bigger weekend of the two, but OU still going to have a junior weekend a week from this Saturday. But Nate Roberts is not going to be in this weekend. And we have been talking for the past week about the big three that will be in town this weekend. Jonah Williams, the number two linebacker. Caleb Cunningham, the five-star wide receiver, and Nate Roberts, the number two player in the state. Well, who would be looked at to fill Nate Roberts' spot as a top three prospect this weekend now that Nate Roberts won't be in town? Who would be number three? Well, I will say this. If you're worried about, you know, why isn't Nate Roberts visiting Oklahoma, uh, fun little nugget over on OUinsider.com right now about some plans that Nate Roberts has laid as far as Oklahoma is concerned. So what? So he might make it in this weekend, or is he still going to be oh, no, in Miami? No, 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 no. He's going to be in Miami. But suffice it to say, he's going to join virtually. He's going to be back on campus with Oklahoma very soon. Now, as far as the top three this week in terms of who you know 
who are the biggest names in town for Oklahoma for this junior day. You obviously start with Jonah Williams, Caleb Cunningham, for what that's worth, probably number two, even though I don't think OU's getting him. But he's number two. And then number three, man, that's a good question. I think Tristan Haynes is certainly in contention. Michael Turner, the running back from Fort Worth, definitely in contention there. Um, Gosh, trying to think who else. I lose track so quick. Tristan, no, I mean, Tristan Haynes is a good place to start because at least one of his Coral Albert teammates will be in this weekend. Maybe be, maybe all of his Coral Albert teammates that are committed to OU this weekend will be there. So it, it's not just getting Tristan Haynes on campus. It's getting Tristan Haynes on campus with Kevin Sperry, who's an OU commit that's also there, his teammate at Coral Albert. And I'm going to guess, man, that every time Tristan Haynes, before he commits somewhere – Every time he's here before he commits, that Kevin Sperry is probably going to be alongside him as well. So that's just a uh, another added benefit that we talk about with having your quarterback commit already in for the 25 class. So, How about Kobe Sellers? Okay. That's another guy that certainly is worthy of consideration. Malik Hawkins as well. I mean, there's talent all over, but it seems to be a little bit denser on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side for this junior day, which I think you like to see if you're an Oklahoma fan. Well, they're, they're going to have about 25 names in this weekend, yeah. and all 25 names are pretty, you know, they're, they're high-ranked players, man. Uh, certainly the uncommitted players, that, that, that is the case. So No scrubs. Ain't no scrub. No scrubs by TLC will be playing uh, at the start of the junior day. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Big time junior day coming up. The commit over under, like we always like to do this for a big recruiting weekend. I am setting the over under for commits this weekend at 0.5. I'm setting it low this weekend. They've already got nine commits. This is not going to be a huge class. It doesn't sound like anything is super imminent. I will hold out that maybe a surprise could happen, but maybe one at the most if we're even being greedy. Well, and... I, I just wonder how much pressure OU tries to create with some of, some of the targets that are higher on their board. Somebody, you know, a, a kid that you would take regardless of the timeline. Somebody like Kobe Sellers, for instance. You tell that kid, hey, you know, we got three cornerback spots, but here's a guy and here's a guy and here's a guy that really likes OU too, so you want to lock in your spot. Now might be a good time to do it. Obviously, you know, the guys that are lower down on the pecking order – you're not necessarily going to be like, hey, come on, come on, let's get this done. Let's go ahead, commit, because you already have nine pledges. Uh, you can afford to be a little bit more selective with the remainder of your class. But some of those upper-tier guys that are going to be in town this weekend, I wonder if OU even tries to pit them against one another. Like, Ooh. hey, see, see, see that guy on the other side of the room? Plays your same position. We only got one spot left. You want that spot? Otherwise... He might jump on it before you do. Just battle it out right there. Battle it out in the <laughs> red room for a two. Who actually uh, gets to commit on the spot? 405 says, I never hated Grinch for leaving. I was happy. Gunny has the official top five hate order here. Okay. Gunny says, Muleshoe one, Benny Wiley two, Clark Stroud three, Manning four, and then Grinch number five. Dang. He says that's the hate order. That's a solid top five, Gunny. I concur. Uh, no Brian Odom whatsoever in the top five, and he shouldn't be in a uh, top five either. Yeah. Best of luck know. to uh, Brian Odom, wherever he ends up. 405, okay, uh, only time I'm going to be rooting for Grinch is against Muleshoe. Panhandle Sooner says Grinch is four behind 
Tebow, Riley, and Stroud, he did do horrible with low-level talent. Slim Brady says, speaking of Wisconsin, is the staff recruiting the younger Evers brother? Nick Evers' younger brother. Are they Drew recruiting him? Evers, the blue-chip offensive tackle out of Flower Mound, Texas. Yes, Oklahoma is recruiting and has offered Nick – or I'm not, sorry, I almost said Nick Evers. Drew Evers. They have offered Drew Evers. He is class of 2026, though. So, so who do they have on campus up there? Nick Evers is still on campus. Mabry, Matower, do they just sign him in this – 24 class, or yep. did they get him yep. in the Matire, 23 class? Matire just signed in the class of 2024, and then they have, uh, who's that other kid? Uh, Braden Locke, the transfer from Mississippi State. You have Tanner Mordecai graduating, but you have those three guys for sure. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I don't know. I It felt like they took about four quarterbacks with OU ties last year. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Mordecai was one, Evers was two, uh, Matower, I guess, was technically three. He had a brother on the team, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see if Nick Evers can win that starting quarterback job this year. 731 says, so Kiffin and Ole Miss is reaffirming they are going all in for this upcoming season? Uh, question you mark. You think? Did you see what they did in the portal this morning? Uh, I did. I Oh, they got a Washington offensive lineman, correct? Not one, but two. They got two? Jeez. Yeah. Nate, yeah, I Nate think Kalepo it's... and Julius Bulow, both of whom were starters on Washington's offensive line this past season as the Huskies made a run to the national title. So, uh, yes, Lane Kiffin and the Rebels, they are pushing all their chips to the middle for 2024. And I'm interested to see if, like, for the next five years, we're going to be having this exact same line every single offseason. Whoa! Did you see what Ole Miss did in the portal? Did you see how much they were spending? I I wonder if that's going to be a routine thing over the next five years. Or if this is kind of the the standout year because Ole Miss just won, what, 11 games in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Like, same thing with Missouri, right? Are Ole Miss and Missouri going all out this offseason just because they had great years and they want to maximize all the momentum that they have? That's probably the way that I would lean. But, yes, Ole Miss and Missouri, both this offseason, are going all out. Mizzou and Ole Miss are doing it because they have momentum. Ohio State, it feels like out of desperation that they're that they're pushing all their chips to the middle of the table. And again, I think it is also to kind of help inflate the pressure for Ryan Day because Ohio State fans are getting a little bit restless. And Ohio State fans are spoiled, just like Oklahoma fans, because they obviously are one of the blue bloods of college football and they are used to great success, sustained success, and championship contention year in and year out. But Ryan Day has not been able to get over the hump. And so it feels to me like the powers that be at Ohio State, i.e. the ones above Ryan Day's pay grade, are setting him up with as beautiful a spread as he could possibly imagine for the 2024 season with the intent of being able to go to Day and say, hey, look, you want to get it done? Now's the time. Otherwise, we might need to go a different direction. You messed this one up? Sorry, dude. You'll be uh, coaching quarterbacks somewhere else next year. Maybe you'll be with uh, Alex Grinch up there at Wisconsin if you can't get it done this year. Paul Feinbaum says uh, that uh, Ohio State is his number one team heading into the year. I am not there with Ohio State. We did our way-too-early national champs yesterday on the rush. I picked Georgia. Travis picked Georgia. John Woodson and Brown O'Haver picked Oregon, which... Boy, wouldn't that be interesting around here if Dylan Gabriel were to lead Oregon to a national championship next year? 
Who's your uh, who's your way too early champ? You going with Ohio State? You siding with Travis and I and going with Georgia or someone else? I like Georgia. Feels like right uh, now yeah. I'll take Georgia. Feel like Georgia's got the most depth. They're they're primed to have the the best team in college football next year. And I think the twelve team playoff probably uh, really favors team with uh, teams with a lot of depth. Feels like they've got more than anybody in the sport as of right now. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You know what we do here? Talk a lot of recruiting. Talk a lot of transfer portal. We'll do all that next and get to the text line as well. Right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yep, you the ref army as well. Listening nationwide via the KREF app. Chicago IL is tuned in today. Vail, Arizona. Fargo, North Dakota. Cold Spring, Minnesota. Chesapeake, Virginia. Bristol, Rhode Island. And Grove, Oklahoma is our small Oklahoma town of the day. If you haven't already, download our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF. Betting on yourself is often a good, um, you know, like a good lesson for someone or a good advice to someone. Hey, man, just go bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. Doesn't always work out, but normally it's pretty sound advice, right? Unless, unless you're Kayshawn Booty, former LSU wide receiver, he literally bet on himself reportedly when he bet he would score a touchdown. And rack up 82 and a half yards against Florida State on September 4th, 2022, which was part of an eight team parlay. He did not hit on either the touchdown or the 82 and a half yards. LSU wide receiver Kayshawn Booty probably going to be arrested today. He allegedly placed over 8,900 bets, including some on LSU football while he was still in school. 8,900. Boy, wow. that's, a, that's a degenerate. Dude. Like, let's just think about this. Let's break this down. He was in college for three years. If he he literally bets every single day of his collegiate life, it's maybe two years and nine months that you're actually enrolled. So that's something like 10 to 12 bets a day. Oh, my gosh. That is insane, man. Without exception. That is, uh, that's that's bad, man. That's that's I got a I got ten to twelve a day. However, and the, and you know, like certain days in the middle of July, unless you're betting on ten, twelve, just different baseball games, which you got an issue if you're doing that every single day. Some days it was probably north of twenty five, thirty bets, depending on what time of the year it was. Man. However, that said, someone convinced me that betting on yourself should be illegal. <laughs> I feel like that should be the exception. If an athlete wants to bet on themselves. By all means, go ahead. Do you think there should be prop bets for every OU football game moving forward? How many jet sweeps will happen throughout the course of the game? And how much action do you think that prop bet would get? Well, if Jeff Levy was the offensive coordinator still, then yes, (laughs) I would imagine there would be. Four and a half is the over-under on jet sweeps. I wish we could open up a uh, betting service. Actually, I don't because we'd probably get smoked. But uh, for commits on big recruiting weekends, I already placed it at 0.5. Someone in the 918 says, rookie numbers, TBH. <laughs> 8,900 bets? Bruh. Yeah, what are you doing with your life at that point? Do you have time for anything else other than football and gambling? How, how would you react if you found out a teammate was betting on, the, on your own team as many times as, as he was? Now, the majority of the 8,900 wasn't LSU football games. 
But he was definitely betting on LSU football games and doing prop bets uh, for his own self. Would you be upset about that? Isn't or that just... why Pete Rose got banned from the Hall of Fame? Because he was betting on the team that he was managing? That and a lot of other teams as well, yes. Oh, okay. But mostly, yes. Unfortunately, there's always a lot of other teams. Jim in Arlington says, says, how many prop bets for how many 11 a.m. kickoffs Oklahoma football will have? Again. Six and a half would have been a good number recently. Yeah, but they're in the SEC now. Is it going to be the same as far as 11 a.m. kicks? It could be, but that was a Big 12 thing. That was a very Big 12 thing. And OU's done with the Big 12. Thank God. Wave it, wave goodbye. 918 says, let's just say Stutzman and Bowman are injury-free this year and play their best years yet in 2024. Who has a better chance of being drafted in the first round? That's a pretty good question. It's a good question because the position you see Danny Stutzman play, you just don't see a ton of first-round picks happen at, at that linebacker spot. However, stay injury-free and have their best years because of the size that Stutzman has. And I think Bowman's an excellent player, but maybe some would look at him as a a little bit undersized. Uh, I would say that Stutzman most likely to be a first-round pick, but I would think it would be towards the end of the first round if if that were to be the case. What say you? Yeah, give me Stutzman, just because I think if you're dominant at linebacker and you have the measurables – like Stutzman does, yeah, you can put yourself in first-round contention pretty easily with enough experience and enough of a resume under your belt, which he will no doubt have after his senior year at Oklahoma. I think Bowman could end up in the first round, but it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder, especially just because he's not as big. Craig from Davis. Craig from Davis says, I know it was all about money, but am I the only one who thinks it's crazy that Quinshawn Judkins transferred to Ohio State? I feel like he was primed for a monster year compared to splitting carries with Travion Henderson. Did Travion? I know Travion Henderson was thinking about going to the draft. I can't remember if he declared or decided he was coming back. But, like, Craig, that's a good point. I think it was about money, but here's the thing. Quinshawn Judkins will be in the NFL draft after this year. Maybe Quinshawn Judkins doesn't want as many carries that he was going to have at Ole Miss this year. Maybe he wants to split carries with someone else at Ohio State, seeing as he'll be a three-and-done player in college football. That could be because Ole Miss was going to give him the ball a ton next year, a ton. Maybe the money, Ohio State, and splitting reps with someone else, maybe that was maybe that all three of those were a big draw to him. Let me ask you this. Based on all that they've done in the portal so far, if Ole Miss hadn't lost Gwynshawn Judkins – are people starting to tout them as a national championship sleeper right now? Probably, yes. Are people not doing that already? I think I see a lot of way-too-early polls that have them in the top eight. Oh, and for the that. record, I am not buying Ole Miss as a legitimate national championship uh, contender. I, I don't view them as that. But are others? I think others might be, sure. Lloyd says, does that mean LSU will be in deep trouble? Made an example of. Well, Iowa State and Iowa had several players that got in trouble last offseason, and mm-hmm. nothing happened to Iowa and Iowa State, just those particular those individual players. So I'd probably say no, Lloyd. Yeah, and if they're going to punish a program, why would they punish LSU? If you're going to make an example of a program, why would LSU be the program that you make an example of? Because, I mean... 
do you want to piss off LSU fans? Yes. Those are I do. Well, you say that. I don't want to be around like, them. Do, do you want LSU fans angry at you? Uh, that's happened once in my life. Really? And, well, they were mad at everyone, every OU oh, okay. fan down in New Orleans in uh, 2003. So, yeah, I, I've lived that experience once. Cowboy Sooner says athletes should only be able to bet on themselves if they are betting in a positive manner. Not that they're going to have a bad games because then they will just tank. That is kind of a brilliant idea. If there's yeah. an over-under on yourself for 87.5 receiving yards, just bet the under and totally uh, tank the game. Maybe we should investigate Kadarius Tony. I was about to make a Chiefs wide receiver joke as well, so that's very nice. We're on the same page there. A listener in Tennessee says, My close friend's job is basically sports betting. He's not a bookie either. Just really good at daily fantasy sports, prop bets, or standard betting. Won a cool trip to a live USC, UFC event last year and was half a point away from a Super Bowl daily fantasy sports live event. Wow. What a life, What man. a life. Luckiest guy ever. Need to get that guy in touch with Kayshawn Booty is what it sounds like. Kayshawn Booty could use some help. I don't think that's a life I could live, though. <laughs> like, constantly, constantly having to fear what might happen if my bet doesn't hit. Because, like, when I show up to work... I know I'm getting paid, right? If your job is betting, you don't necessarily know that. Well, I have a really good friend. He is a professional poker player for a living. Oh. So he's playing cash games all the time in Tampa. So, And, and he, he, I think he makes a pretty decent living, I, I think. It, it sure seems that way, but kind of the same thing, right? You're putting in work, but you have no idea if you're actually going to make cash that day or not. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be quite the life. Um, the week's getting later and later, and there's still no news on Garen Hatchett out of uh, Washington. And our tone continues to be less and less optimistic about him choosing Oklahoma the later in the week we get. So, I don't know if there's word now that, yeah, he's pretty much told the staff that he's staying at Washington, but... Let's just stick by the rule we said earlier this week. The later it gets, the worse we'll feel. Yeah, nothing nothing is definitive. Neither side has been informed of a decision. And, look, both sides feel they're in a good place, which you can imagine that's usually the case with portal guys, right? Rarely are you going to have a portal player actually express interest in and or visit a school and that school not feel good about their chances, to land a player just because everything happens so fast you don't even really have time to separate fact from fiction you're just going off intuition going off what the kid tells you and there's not a lot of space to process anything else so I know Oklahoma continues to be optimistic not not confident but optimistic that they can pull Garen Hatchett and potentially land in as well but on the Washington side, they're working very, very hard to convince two kids that have been born and raised in the state of Washington that they are better off sticking around. You know, um, we talk more about Garrett. Garrett actually, you know, he had the offer first. But Landon is, at least by one service, the higher-ranked player of the two. And I, I don't know if the thought there is that his ceiling is actually – Higher, the younger brother ceiling Landon is higher than what Garen's ceiling is. But I saw a list last week, and it had Landon as like the number eight portal player available, and, and Garen wasn't on the list. So I interesting. I don't know if OU views them as the same, or, or how they view the younger brother compared to the older brother. If it just simply comes down to numbers at yeah. this point. Well, 
they've definitely prioritized Garen. And I think that's understandable because Bill Biedenboe has never really taken a flyer on anybody in the transfer portal. And that's what Landon Hatchett is. Now, granted, it's a high-probability flyer because he was a blue-chip kid who's going to have three years of eligibility left. But he hasn't done a ton at the collegiate level yet. And generally, those are not the types of guys that Bill Biedenboe has targeted. When he starts looking around, when he starts rummaging in the portal, he's looking for dudes that have been multi-year starters. I mean, you can rattle off the whole list, right? Chris Murray, McCade Mattire, Caleb Schaefer. Plug and play immediately, guys. The one flyer that he's taken to this point, off the top of my head, Tyler Guyton. So that worked out well. It did. It did. And maybe that speaks highly of Landon Hatchett, the fact that, you know, if Bill Biedenboe wants to bring you in and you haven't done much at the collegiate level yet, Biedenboe legitimately feels like he can turn you into a very high-impact dude. A uh, texter from the 918 says, callers on the Feinbaum show are definitely saying they are a title sleeper team. I'm not buying it either, talking about Ole Miss. I'm sure every SEC team thinks that they're a uh, title sleeper team. Well, maybe except Arkansas. And Vanderbilt. Actually, there's probably more that don't the more that I think about it. But Ole Miss and, God, Mizzou fans, they probably think they're a title sleeper team as well. That's why you need to go out there this year and beat their ass on the road, both of those two teams, amongst (laughs) others. Humble them a little bit. Remember when the Georgia defensive player was in a linebacker, rolled up to Baker? Humble yourself! Humble yourself after the Rose Bowl. That's what what OU needs to do. Go humble Mizzou and uh, Ole Miss fans a little bit this year. It's already getting old. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What's Zach Alley been doing out on the recruiting trail? We'll talk about that when we get back right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Center fans. Well, this is interesting, and apparently this just broke. Oh, boy. Colorado football has self-reported minor NCAA violations from year one under Deion Sanders. The violations included dealings with the transfer portal, social media posts, including Coach Prime's Instagram, and more. I guess we will see what that means for the uh, CU football program here moving forward. But they have self-reported minor NCAA violations from year one, the only year so far with uh, Coach Prime. I'm going to be honest with you. That's only news because it's Colorado. Correct. Like, that is a very, very – if they are self-reporting anything and what they're self-reporting is already being described as minor, I assure you, it is not anything that is going to have any significant bearing on Colorado football. It's only news because everything related to Colorado right now is a story. Didn't OSU basketball, though, tell everyone to not even self-report things to the NCAA? Yeah, Yeah, they did. Just don't don't say anything about it. They won't find out, and even if they do, they won't even do anything about it. Just don't even even report it. Um, We've been joking. uh, I I don't even know if it's joking the past few days, just pointing out that, jeez, you find out about five to six new offers every single day for OU in 25 and 26. Two new quarterback offers are out um, in 2026. But what about Zach Alley, the uh, newest member of the staff, co-DC? Is he putting out a bunch of linebacker offers? What's What's he been up to the, the past couple of weeks? He's put out a few. He's been out on the recruiting trail. Yesterday he was down in the state of Texas. Uh, he went by Forney High School to see Kelvion Riggins, a guy that Oklahoma has been recruiting for quite a while. 
and made a couple other stops as well. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I saw so much and had to digest so much on Twitter yesterday. But he made a couple stops in DFW yesterday. Uh, had spent some time earlier in the week out in the state of Georgia, down in the southeast. Obviously, the first offer that Oklahoma made under Alley as the next linebackers coach was to four-star Georgian linebacker Jaden Harmon. And I I am of the opinion that right now you probably won't see any more new linebacker offers go out, at least in the immediate future. There's one kid, one kid coming to town next week that I think could pick up an offer, the 2025 class linebacker. You want the full details on that, it's available at OUinsider.com. But I, I would anticipate that linebacker offers for the class of 2025 slow down because as we've discussed – there's only one spot left. And so you got to make sure that all the guys you're actively pursuing are guys that you were content not only taking, but at that point, cutting off all – well, not cutting off, but ceasing to pursue all of your other targets sure. in favor of welcoming that player into the fold. Uh, apparently, Brent is going to see Max Granville today. That was uh, reported earlier this afternoon. Uh, they saw Michael Fasusi. What did that look like last night when the coaching staff, including Brent, was down to see Michael Fasusi? We'll be talking a lot about him throughout this 2025 recruiting process. Nate Roberts had another visitor last night. Yep. I mean, everyone's just coming through for Nate Roberts. Penn State and James Franklin was there to see him in Washington. And Ohio State was there this morning. Jeez, man. <laughs> There's been coaches all – Lanning in Oregon was here uh, this week, so it's been visitors all over the place for uh, for Nate Roberts so far this week. Texas is expected to hire Kenny Baker from the Miami Dolphins as Ooh. their next defensive line coach. I have no idea. There was an anonymous quote that said, Kenny Baker is a big-time hire. It's a great hire. Uh, okay, I don't know who that anonymous quote is from, but I'll take their word for it, I suppose. From now on, for anything know. OU-related, I'm just going to use anonymous quotes Do it. straight from Steely's uncle. Do you He's not gonna... think that that happens in the industry from time uh, to time? I, I guarantee it does. Maybe not from Steely's uncle, but people just make up quotes. An anonymous no, source no, no, no. said. They don't, they don't make up quotes. I'm sure they go to the most partisan source imaginable for said quotes. I I, if I, I'm going to get anonymous quotes from Steely's uncle on how Jackson Arnold is looking in spring practices. <laughs> Please, can we start He's doing gonna that He's going to win the Heisman <laughs> every single year for the next five years. Was it Ryan Paraloo at LSU said he's going to win four Heisman trophies when he got there? Ryan Paraloo? Yeah, I think that was him. He won zero Heisman trophies. Yeah, I don't even – I mean, I va- like I know the name. I could not tell you what position he played. I could not tell you what era that was. His quarterback said he's going to win four Heisman trophies. Didn't work out too well for, for that guy. Did not work out well. I don't even know if he finished his career at LSU. He may have transferred off somewhere else. Ryan Williams, the five-star wide receiver, did indeed commit to – Alabama yesterday, so big get for the Tide. And I read a story today on Jim Harbaugh's biggest recruiting wins at Michigan, and it kind of hurt a little bit. Dax Hill was on the list, uh, State of Oklahoma product. Derek Moore was on the list, who, what, he was a decommit after Muleshoe left for USC, and then Donovan Edwards, who OU was in the top three, four, uh, as well at running back. So 
Jim Harbaugh has some uh, nice recruiting wins uh, in Oklahoma and uh, over Oklahoma over the past few years. How big of a deal is this? Like, the Nick Saban effect is going to be a much bigger deal in college football next year and throughout the next three years. How big of a deal, though, is Jim Harbaugh moving on to the NFL? Huge deal. Not a big deal. Not that big a deal because, at least as it pertains to Michigan's roster, because Sharon Moore is going to keep it relatively intact. As far as the competitive balance of college football, obviously, I, I don't think... I don't think Michigan is going to be the must-see destination in the offseason for elite recruits that it would have been had Jim Harbaugh stayed. And obviously, Michigan, like we're still talking about one of the most revered, one of the most historic programs in college football. That's not to say that they're suddenly going to slip into obscurity, because they're not. But with some turnover at the top, a new head coach, there are going to be more questions created in the minds of recruits as to whether or not uh, Michigan's success is sustainable post Harbaugh or whether that was kind of the zenith and now they're going to regress to that second tier of college football in which they resided for so long under Harbaugh. This uh, this text is great from the 918. Talking about the anonymous quote on Kenny Baker, Texas' new defensive line coach, says that's a catch quote 100%. You guys, you guys know we catch love catch. Quote. We love catch slander on the text line. Very, very nice. Oh, I. By the way, I looked up Ryan Paralu. Yes, apparently, on signing day, he flipped to LSU from Texas mm-hmm. on signing day, and he held a news conference on signing day and proclaimed he would win the Heisman Trophy as a true freshman. A reporter asked him, "What about Jamarcus Russell, who was the current LSU starting quarterback at the time?" Paralu made the famous quip. Jamarcus who? <laughs> now that did, that oh, did age man. well, to his credit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I still think Jam, Jamarcus Russell uh, had – at least he got drafted high in the NFL draft. I don't think Ryan Paraloo even did that. But uh, that's he, what we need more of, right? Drama on signing day where an incoming quarterback acts like he doesn't know the full name of the current quarterback on campus. That's what I'm looking for on this February signing day. Please, someone, but yeah, make it happen. Uh, Ryan Paralu got into legal trouble while at LSU and ended up finishing his collegiate career at Jacksonville State. Mm. So, there you go. Peyton says there was a whisper that Jay Valai might be a candidate for the Packers' secondary job if Leonard gets the defensive coordinator job. Big if, but curious who a candidate Ooh. might be. Okay, first off, I will say this. That is not far-fetched at all because Jay Valai and Jim Leonard are very close. So, if Jim Leonard gets a DC gig anywhere, that is something I've been watching for for a couple of months now. That's something a big, that everybody be a big should loss. be watching for because if Jim Leonard gets a job anywhere, I can guarantee you one of his first calls as he assembles a staff will be to Jay Valai. Whether or not Valai leaves, I don't know, but just knowing how close those two are, there is at the very least a sizable chance that that could happen. So two, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah, it, it was like right around two weeks ago when OU released the um, the salary increases for the assistant coaches. Did Valai get the biggest bump of any of the assistant coaches? Am I, I remembering that correctly? I don't recall. I don't recall. I feel, I, I think, I feel like I remember him getting a pretty sizable uh, increase in pay. Like, regardless if that's true or not, the point is, We've seen how well Valai can recruit. We've seen, at least I think that we've seen, he's a really good developer of talent. 
they uh, they need to find a way to keep Jay Valai on staff. I think I think he's really good, really really good. Now maybe Jim Leonard getting a defensive coordinator job somewhere is just too much to overcome, but they they need to keep Jay Valai around. I, I think he's shown that he's. He's he's really good, man. Really good. Yeah, again, pay these assistants whatever they want within reason because stability and continuity on staff yields results in the long term. Now, do I think Brent could make another really good hire at that spot? Yeah, I I think that he would for sure, but Jay Valai, I think you want him around on campus. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to more of your text, more Cruton and the portal right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC, they pride themselves on having the best service technicians and friendly service advisors that put your needs first. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Baker Mayfield is a finalist for the AP Comeback Player of the Year in the NFL. Other finalists include Joe Flacco, DeMar Hamlin, Matthew Stafford, and Tua. Baker going to win Comeback Player of the Year? Feels like it's between him, Joe Flacco, and DeMar Hamlin. It's got to be DeMar Hamlin, right? Like, it's probably going to be DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. it's all- Whether it should, you know, some would argue that it shouldn't be, um, which... In, ter- like, in terms of on-field accomplishments, it shouldn't be DeMar Hamlin. But let's all be honest with ourselves. The guy died on the field last year. The fact that he is playing football again is reason enough... To just hand him comeback player of the year. I and I think that's probably exactly what's going to happen. But C.D. Lamb is uh, voted A.D. or excuse me, uh, offensive player of the year, A.P. offensive player of the year. He what voted as a finalist, I should say. Sure. He hasn't won the award. Uh, from the four hundred five, maybe after Ole Miss kicks our ass next year, we will stop acting like we are a program that doesn't need to spend as much because of the logo. Wow, think that's going to happen. Think Which Oklahoma is going to go to the SIP next year and just get rolled? I don't project that next year. OU going to the SIP, to the Grove, to Oxford, whatever you want to call it, and get rolled. Uh, that is my way too early prediction in January that that is not an ass kicking one way or the other. That it's a close football game. Yeah, I think that'd be a good football game. I think. I mean, you'll you'll finally get to see Jackson Dart as an OU fan, right? Like you'll get to see that one up close and personal, and. It, no doubt, will leave folks wondering, regardless of the outcome, what might have happened if Jackson Dart had transferred to Oklahoma instead of to Ole Miss. Jay in Tulsa says, guys, Ole Miss is lapping the meth Aggies of Mizzou in their all-in efforts for 2024 and beyond. So, who, uh, if you had to pick one that you legitimately believe will build on their successful 2023 season... Would you pick Meth Zoo or would you pick Ole Miss next year? Which one is more likely to actually have another 10-win season and be really good once again? Ole Miss or Mizzou? Ole Miss is more likely. Because I think I think they have more talent than Missouri, and I think they're better coached. I, I'm going to be real, real curious to see what happens with Missouri football in 2024. Because, especially with all they added via the portal, they very well could keep this thing rolling. Have another winning record. I don't know about double-digit wins again, but but there's also a very good chance it was the biggest fluke of all time 
and they come crashing back down to earth in a big way. Think uh, some. I think I saw what earlier this week. There's a thought that Missouri has one of the easiest schedules in the SEC next year. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. That things can change rather quickly in the SEC. Things can change really quickly in the SEC. So we'll we'll see how difficult Mizzou's schedule really is. Slick Sooner says, I feel like everyone is down on next year's team simply because the O-line is a big question and we're not cleaning up in the portal. If you look at the rest of the roster, we return a very talented team next season. I think there's some truth to that. I think that it's still overlooked that wide receiver should be pretty good. Wide receiver ought to be excellent. And if you get... You know, good decision making by your quarterback combined with that wide receiver core, you should be all right in the passing game. Mixed in with, I think what we can all say, or at least most of us, should be the best defense that you've had in quite some time. At least I'm on that train. Am I? Am I the only one that thinks that that it could be the best defense you've had in a while? I don't think you're off base at all. And once again, I think that texture is actually spot on. I think the majority of the apprehension surrounding Oklahoma football next season boils down to the uncertainty with the offensive line. But as I have said before, I think if there's one position group where you're okay with it being a major question mark, it is the offensive line just because Bill Biedenboe has made it work time and time and time again, even when the answers weren't staring us right there in the face before the season began. Rivals ranking week, Devon Mitchell ranked as the number 10 tight end, Zion Kearney the number 29 wide receiver, EPL the number one offensive guard, and the highest debut in the Rivals 250 was B.J. Brooks uh, out of any other player in the Rivals 250. Pretty impressive by him. Zion Kearney, though, the number 29 wide receiver. Did we talk enough about how legit this wide receiver class is? Oh, boy, he's a little bit higher than that for my money. I think so. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.